Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, Nadia. Hey, Lon. Shall we get started before this gets real left real quick? Real quick! (laughs) Real quick! (laughs) Uh, Real quick! (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, A-oo, 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 Zubilai. So... (laughs) That's something that you say. It's like a pre-prayers to prayers, what mm. Bilal was saying. But when he said it like that, it just sounds like a broken record. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Can we just tell these folks in English to stop? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Instead of praying over it. Like, I get it. It's being a preacher. But uh, it just came out wrong, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I thought we can get started with them. What do you think of the confrontation? For me, this is the first time I felt sorry for Bilal, which all goes away, obviously, later on in the scene. Mm. But I felt bad for Bilal because, you know, being stuck between his ex-wife and mother of his children and his current wife, it's like, you know, I want you two to sort this out. You know, he's just kind of stuck in the middle. And that's not a cool place to be right <laughs> if you try to stick up for somebody if someone else is going to get hurt you try to stick up for that person someone else is going to get hurt where do you spend your your energy how do we justify anything that's going on here so i was like oh, i kind of get why he's just kind of sitting there because i, I kind of be the same way but when it comes down to it i would still support the person i'm married to in some way shape or form so yeah. it started off for me feeling bad for him but again totally out the door once since I saw him like later on in the scene. I'm the same too. I thought he did the right thing by letting them hash it out. But at some point I was hoping he would referee it, you know, like before it got out of hand and maybe calm Shahida down and mm. show a little bit more support towards his wife. But he just kind of let it rip and, yeah. and it just obviously... Escalate. I wouldn't say escalate, right? Because Shahida left and wasn't resolved. But I don't like what happened afterwards, which I think we saw in the preview. He said he was disappointed. Yeah. But I also wonder if he said he was disappointed in Shahida or was he just disappointed in the situation? I think he's thinking about himself. I think his selfishness took over mm. and he was embarrassed. And he left. He wanted to remove himself from that public space and leave. And in doing so, also distance himself from his wife. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dude, like, at least you could walk out together. You know, again, we know he's not the comforting type. We saw that in the tell-all. But at least, like, walk out with her or whatever. He was already out the door and inside the car. And I'm just like, dude, 
his true colors are showing and it made me not like him <laughs> again. Yeah. It just, it was a reminder that this is Bilal again. Yeah, this is par for the course for Bilal and this is Bilal. Any sympathy I had for him was again out the door. Do you think there was a wrong or right? Was there somebody who was wrong or right in terms of Shahida and Shahida? Yeah, I was going to ask you the same question. Like the question I, I was asking myself too is that was Shahida successful in making her points across? Meaning, did she convey what she wanted to convey? And I think she did. And Shahida didn't receive it well because in her mind, she's like, well, I didn't yell. I came with the right intention and I don't see my tone as being aggressive. Yeah. So I the guess. What the fuck do I got to apologize for? Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, so she me? wants to clear the Please air sorry. that she wants to clear the air that she didn't do anything wrong, but obviously she's not hearing out what Shaida has to say about her approach. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's a right or wrong here, Lon, to answer your question. I feel like they both misunderstood each other and it's too bad that it ended that way. And we don't know if this is going to be revisited and if they can even move forward. I think Bilal has to be the bridge between them and hopefully somehow bring the two women together to hopefully make peace and, you know, like I say, move forward. But I think it's also a very small argument in my point of view. Like, Like there was no hurtful words exchange. It was just Shahida took offense on the approach and the delivery. Like she said, it's not about the content, but it's the way that it was being delivered to her. And the tone that was being used was very aggressive and she didn't like how Shahida came across. And in Shahida's mind, she's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, like, I would say she was the one that really flipped out, though, between the two of them. Shahida, the ex-wife. She got up, right, oh, yeah. got up yeah, out totally. of her seat and was very threatening, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If, if Shahida were to, to swing at her, it would be justified because... Hey, like now I have to protect myself because you're getting mm-hmm. up from your chair and like starting to yell at me and like you're yeah. making these sudden movements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. If I then, if I hit you, like, then we you get know? to see the real East San Diego. I the guess, East right? San Diego. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> East San Diego representative. <laughs> I don't know what she meant by that. I mean, East San Diego looks good to me. I mean, okay. It's probably uh, where, where her hometown is. Yeah, right? where yeah. her hometown is. So, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. What do we make of Sumit and his family and Jenny hulking out for no reason? Uh, again, this is a continuation of their story. It's yeah. just more of the same for me. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of, though, like, a little bit mixed up you know we talked about it in the previous episode about how the parents like didn't exactly say you know that they were going to give a blessing but then they still said like we love you and that we don't you know agree and all this stuff so like it's still kind of confusing me because this whole reaction about you're never welcome here and you can't blah 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 and virtually disowning Sumit is all just like, well, I don't, I would be super confused if I were him and Jenny, because, okay, I get it. They didn't say we bless it, 
But at the same time, you said, we're not going to stop you and all this stuff. So there's this, all this anger is just kind of really confusing me. And to make things even more confusing for me, I understand how Jenny would get upset. But then she she almost looked like she was going to get violent with Samit. And I was yeah. like, dude, what is, can you calm down? It's not his fault. This is not his fault. He's going through it just as much as you are, you know? Yeah. And then she got up in his face like she was going to hit him like yeah. twice, maybe multiple times. Yeah. Like she got up in his face and raised her fists. And I'm just like, whoa, like chill out. I think if the cameras weren't there, she would have swung at him. But the cameras were filming. And she yeah. realized she couldn't like put hands on him. But yeah, she looked like she could have. I don't know. I felt bad. And he kept trying to remind her like, dude, they just pretty much disowned me. What are you, why is this on me? Right. So yeah. I, if, if anything, I felt sorry for me. It felt like just a continuation of the conflict that they've had with his parents forever. Yeah. You know, escalated, but still a continuation. Yeah. I think that had he explained to Jenny uh, what was being said, she would have understood that he suffered a loss there. I think the reason why she got mad is because she sees it as, oh, he's always chasing after his family, always trying to get the approval. But what about her feelings? And I think she might have detected that the mom had probably insulted her. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how much she followed the conversation. Like, I don't know how strong her understanding of their language is. But it seems like she was offended not by what the mom said, because remember, the mom insulted her in so many ways, but she got upset because he ran after the mom. Mm. Just like how during the last season, we saw them at the very exact same space. Remember, he kind of uh, went on his knees and he was like trying to beg his mom and trying to console her. And then she walked away and she said this, Lon, she said, I cannot do this to this family. I have to go back to America. Right. And yet here she is. Yeah. So like that's why I I feel like I don't know why she had this outburst because it just seems like it's all about her when this poor guy just got disowned minutes ago. Right. And you're trying to make it all about you. Like why can't you hear him out first and hear that he's hurting? Like he needs you. That's what Sumit said, right, during the one on one interview is that I need her because now I have no one. My family doesn't accept me. I did what my wife told me to do, which is to tell them that they're married. And now I've been disowned. Like, my wife is flipping out. Like, what the fuck? Right. You know? So I feel like she was hulking out for no reason. But yeah, I kind of have this inkling to Lon that she's probably physically abusive. Yeah. Hashtag thanks, DLC cameraman. (laughs) (laughs) Sumit's ass there so I thought okay you know we're seeing a repetitive storyline here and by the way I was also reading up on why they're at that house what the Um, old the old one right the old house and apparently the old house according to Sumit this is seasons ago even though it looks gated and it looks like it's you know it's a decent house it's in an abandoned area, so it's not safe. And maybe that's why they don't really stay there, but they own that property. Mm. So Sumit and Jenny are doing pretty well, if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> they have two places to, you know, kind of go back and forth. Can they just leave? 
India. To go back to the U.S.? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, technically Jenny is an American, so she can come back yeah. anytime. She would just have to live apart from Sumit because I think she, well, she can start the process in India and then bring Sumit over and continue the process. They probably talk about it later this season. They are. He says mm -hmm. something like, I can't leave. I don't want to leave my family. But like, bro, they disowned you already. Yeah. <laughs> Do something. This back and forth conflict with your parents is always going to be there. Yeah. Now, you, there's two things. You can either leave or divorce Jenny. Your happiness is going to come from from one of those two things. Yeah. So yeah. pick one. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to... Usman and Kimbali. <laughs> I wrote down the lyrics of the song, but I don't know how I forgot the melody. <laughs> what song? I didn't the, know there was a new work song. It, work it, work it right. Drop it low for me, baby. I don't... Oh, damn. What song is that? <laughs> I, okay. It was what they played at the beginning, and now I can't remember the is melody. Is that his song? I think so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Another, <laughs> another, episode, another hit. Another episode, another hit song to promote. I honestly have nothing to say. I feel like I know you don't like to talk about Jenny and Sumit. And I think I don't want to talk about Usman and Kimberly because it's turning weird. Yeah. Toxic. Like, the I only think... thing I got from this really was like even her son, even Jamal could sense like that this seems very desperate and very like, yes. what what are you doing, mom? Yes. You know? <laughs> That's yes. pretty much it. Everyone is telling her, you know, that you sure you want to do this and she's yeah. like i just want to be happy and they want your happiness too your best friend your son of course they want you to be happy and that's why they don't want you to do this because yeah. they know this isn't the right way to go about like being happy and she just she's just coming off super super desperate right now totally yeah Ugh. and that's it that's all i really have to say okay well, let's talk about Jovi and Yara. Yay! <laughs> Not that there's a lot to say, but I mean, it just feels like Jovi really wants to turn back the years and just live his life as if he didn't have a, a, a toddler. <laughs> yeah. And I see they took Myla to a vineyard and I'm like, okay, who's going to drive them back if they're all like, you know? Yeah. And it was a wine tasting and he just, he grabbed the entire bottle. Bottle, yeah. Uh, and by the end of the scene, he was already holding both their glasses and he's like, you're driving because I'm taking these. <laughs> like, gosh. <laughs> Can she drive though? I think so. Yeah. She mm -hmm. wasn't drinking. She didn't drink her wine. Like no, at the end. Of... Does she have a license? Oh, I would think so. They're married now, right? And I would Doesn't think... mean anything. You have to still go to the DMV and get a oh, license. True. Yeah. yeah. I, learned I, how to drive I, in the I US. assume. I assume she can. <laughs> Is this a wink situation? Like, yeah, she can drive. <laughs> I mean, it's back country, right? Like, who's going to ticket them? Yeah. What do you think of uh, his comments on the boobs? Because, okay, so last episode, Yara complained to her friends that, hey, Jovi doesn't like my boobs, blah, blah, blah. But then this episode, we hear that Jovi thinks otherwise. Jovi actually doesn't mind. Yes, they look different. But he's not the one asking for a boob job. In fact, it's her engineering the whole idea, but trying to put it on Jovi so that she can feel better about getting a boob job. That's how I interpret that whole scene is that 
Yara, you want the boob job. You're just making excuses that it's Jovi that's making you want to get that boob job. Yeah. She didn't paint him in the best light when she was with her friends. Yeah. But the way he made it seem was, was like, oh, yeah, I, I like her just the way she is. But he still said, yeah, okay, they're not what they used to look like. And if anything, her friends are the ones. And I want her to have this. But it seems like she's not having it because she wants it. She's having it because her friends are influencing her to get it mm. done. And, you know, ever since she's had these friends. Yeah. So, again, it, it starts to come to this where the friends might be some kind of point of contention with them. But, you know, whatever makes you happy, if it helps the relationship out, then get it done. I'm not against surgeries and boob jobs and things of that of that yeah. nature. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time Yara got stuff done, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, just go get it done. Yeah. Can we not make the whole season about this boob job? The boob job? Watch it, get it be. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, but we're going to see her and Miss Gwen buttheads. Oh, that's what. Yeah. Why, yeah. why didn't I make a note of that? So that was actually more of, of the dramatics. That's what made her cry, right? I didn't even yeah. make a note of that. Good call. Yeah. So there's friction where Jovi's mom isn't talking to either of them now, right? Yeah, because I think she probably mm -hmm. feels used because Jovi always wants to go out and... Yara has to drop off the baby with someone and they chose the mom because you don't have to pay the mom, I guess. Yeah. So I can see why she made that comment. Like I may be, you know, Myla's grandma, but I'm not her nanny. Yeah. Nobody's you know? nanny. Nobody, right. Yeah. Nobody's nanny. So that makes sense because, you know, sometimes grandma, you know, they're tired too. I mean, they have their own lives. Like they're the not three hour drive as yeah. well. Yeah. They're not the de facto nanny. Like, Mind. Yeah. But the way Jovi also made it sound was that at least when he's gone, right? And though actually Jovi and Yara, the way they made it sound was like when Jovi is away for a mm. month, they could use her help. Yeah. And I think there was one month that went by and she never showed up for like the entire month. Yeah. But again, right, that's your responsibility though. Mm. It would be nice, yes. But like <laughs> you gotta be able to find the sitter. If the only person you can trust is, is his mom, that's on you then. That doesn't mean that the mom is obligated now. Oh, I'm the only one that you guys trust with the kid. So it has to be me every single 100% of the fucking time. No, like, <laughs> yeah, you guys got to figure something out, right? Because she can't keep making this three hour drive every fucking time because you guys can't find a sitter. Yeah. And I, I would feel that responsibility too. Like, that's not on me, y'all. <laughs> I love my grandkids, but damn, like, so I kind of get that too. Me too. Yeah. All right. Shall we end it with Elizabeth and Andre? I felt bad for Libby. Come on, man. So <laughs> obviously we're talking about the nursery rhymes, right? But that I, was a classic moment. Like, it was so I, uncomfortable. The, the, the silence was just <laughs> palpable. Like it's just crazy how of all things she said. She could have said, like, she, I thought she's going to say, oh, I want to sing country music, right? Or pop, whatever. Yeah. Nursery rhymes. I mean, yeah. hey, I'm not knocking on her because I think there is a market for nursery rhymes. There will always be, right? There will always be kids. <laughs> right. So I think that's a smart move on her part. But I think the way that editing it is, it makes her look like she's crazy. Yeah. And they pan to her sisters, right? Yeah. And her sisters were giggling and stuff. 
and it was funny, but I, so here's the thing, right? I think when she says, oh, I want to kind of get back into this, you know, she doesn't have like super big plans of becoming the next pop star, right? I think she's just kind of, let me try a little bit of new things here and see where it goes. Maybe start a YouTube channel. She has these little ideas, right? And she's still kind of maybe thinking that's where my head was at Mm -hmm. with it. But then you get somebody who apparently sings professionally and and starts grilling her about it. And it's like, okay, wait, maybe she's not quite there yet. So I understood that part, right? I, I understood where Libby was at with that, where yeah. she's just like, oh, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, maybe this and that. And she she's not like 100% yet, right? Mm-hmm. So when she's like, why don't you sing something for us? <laughs> she was shy and couldn't. And then to double down on it with, oh, I was thinking like nursery rhymes. I was just <laughs> well, she could have started with like, oh, the itsy bitsy spider. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like when I watched Pillow Talk, Kalani was like, twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> Stop. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. You gotta watch Pillow Talk, man. They, <laughs> they really doubled down on that nursery rhyme singing. Like Kalani and uh, her sister was like, Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> <laughs> There's I mean, a clip of her singing, singing. Did yes, you see yes. That? It's been going around. After that episode, it's of her walking and singing yeah. some sort of like country music. Right, yeah. right. And you know, if it didn't have a video of her and it was just audio, I would have thought that was all right. You know, yeah, it was like, all right. Actually pretty good. Yeah, she had good pipes. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube, Lon, I actually saw a post on Reddit that someone found a YouTube channel that features Ellie, their daughter, and Andre. So they do have some sort of YouTube channel, I guess. Well, people see it as them monetizing their kids. Right. But just want to connect that with what you said earlier guest appear on an episode where she's seen nursery, nursery rhymes. Rhyme. I can, and again, I can kind of see this. Yeah. yeah. It's part for the course almost, right? Like, okay, your kid has like a YouTube channel. Like, mm-hmm. Why not, right? Start them young. And then mom can come in and sing nursery rhymes. And dad right. can, you know, whatever, do his clown yeah. stuff or whatever. For more uh, nursery rhymes, link in the description. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, it's her, it's her own subscribe, channel now. Subscribe yeah. and follow. <laughs> Hit the bell notification. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, dad and being a clown, I don't know why, but I would not let my husband talk to my mom in the manner that he did with uh, Libby's mom. In fact, I'm surprised no one stopped him because I know he's a little bit tipsy. But I would say like, hey, Andre, like chill because you're out of line here. No yeah. one deserves to be talked to like that. After and... everything this family has done for him, you know, I think he still thinks that he's out here making it on his own and that yeah. he's fucking winning here in America. Yeah. Dude, the, the family has helped you out right like they have helped you out yeah. so you owe them everything and it doesn't matter if she's wants to bring her son or whatever charlie or whatever like where i'm from dude as much as the family has done you better shut the fuck up like they were already on your side that's the thing is the sisters were on his side and he was gaining points by just saying look charlie has a problem blah 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 and the sisters were like wow we agree and all this stuff they were actually on his side with that. Yep. But for him to start 
telling the mom, you're not welcome in my house, get out of here and all this stuff, like all that stuff he was saying. I'm like, dude, there he is again. Like, does this guy not have any limits or have any manners or the social etiquette is lost on him about, you know, where these boundaries are. This yeah. is your wife's family, your family now too, by marriage. And this yeah. is how you're going to treat them. Maybe they know it's for the cameras. Maybe they know it's for the show. Again, I wouldn't put it past the family for them to be like, hey, we're going to be milking this thing. So let's be fucking super dramatic. If they had that conversation, I hope they did. But if they didn't, yeah, that was completely out of pocket. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Andre still acts like he's the alpha. Yeah. Like, bro, uh, your wife brought you to the US and her family helped you build this career that you have right now. You better recognize, fool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, what did you think about that guest list, bro? <laughs> oh, like what? Random people coming to their house? Yeah. Like his immigration lawyer. I think somebody <laughs> who writes mortgages and yeah. stuff. Well, like you said, right? He doesn't want to hang out with scums. So. Yeah. And I get that. You know, I identified when he said, surround yourself with successful people. I get that too. But then like. For a housewarming, you would think there'd be like more friend friends, not yeah. just people you're trying to rub shoulders with because it's very opportunistic, like they said, right? Yeah. It's really opportunistic. It and... seems like a soiree rather than a housewarming because a housewarming is usually very intimate. Like you mm -hmm. want to invite friends and family to see your home as opposed to your immigration lawyer. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, people that you work with that could potentially be your, you know, business rival, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's why the sisters were making fun of like, hey, who's these yeah, randos, right? Bunch like, of randos in here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at first I thought like the sisters were being haters, but then like you made a good point, Lon. I feel like for housewarming, like you wouldn't want to invite random people. And maybe he doesn't have friends. I don't. Who wants to be friends thing. with Andre? Yeah. It's insufferable. Oh my god. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap up with our WTF moment. You know what? It's funny that we ended with Libby and Andre because my WTF moment was when he spoke to Libby's mom that way. Mm. And I was with him. I think a lot of people, most of the family was with him when he was talking about Charlie having a problem mm -hmm. and kind of wanting to address that with Libby's mom. But then there was a moment where it crossed the line. And I yes. think when he said, like, you're not welcome here or something like that, and he, he inferred that he would kick her out or that he would whatever. I forget how it was worded, but my jaw dropped. And I'm like, dude, come on, dude. That's your wife's mom, dude. And yeah. the guy that like gave you the loan to start you out in real estate, that's his wife, right? Like ex-wife. Ex-wife. Okay. Yeah. Ex -wife. Which is why I feel like Chuck enables him too, because I'm not sure if you read the subtitle, but Chuck said something under his breath when Libby's mom started talking about Charlie and how she defended Charlie and said, hey, it wouldn't be a problem if he came, blah, blah, blah. And she was pretty much in denial of drinking problem of his. Yeah. And Chuck actually said, oh, mother of the year. Oh. So I think maybe that's what empowers Andre mm. to talk down to her because, you know, I think it's no secret that Andre comes from a very patriarchal society. Mm -hmm. Let me just look at how he talks to Libby. Yeah. You know, always wanting to control the situation, always raising his voice, always being very aggressive. Like he's an angry Moldovan. Is he a Moldovan? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's just an angry Moldovan all year round. 
<laughs> He's always angry. Yeah, 24-7, always angry. My WTF moment is Jenny freaking out for no fucking reason. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say no fucking reason. I think she has every right to feel a certain type of way, but for her to really freak out and almost to the point of wanting to hit him is not justifiable. And I think she has to stop thinking that the world revolves around her and everything's about her. What about the fact that your husband just got disowned? Yeah. It's all about him, actually. <laughs> and she jumped out of her chair, you know, and she yeah. lunged at I was like, hey, yeah. what the what heck? The, yeah. Dude, imagine if she did that to other people. Yeah. That's a straight sucker punch to the face. If yeah. you launch it, you encroach in people's space like that. Like, no. Like, if she did that to Shahida, uh, yeah, she's going to meet East San Diego. <laughs> yeah so there's my runner-up my honorable mention for wtf2 it wasn't so much the shahida drama for me it was like balal again like because mm. it was disarming for me to kind of seeing him just like neutral at this point mm -hmm. but then like again that the reminder that balal is balal and balal will do balal things <laughs> like when he got up let's go and then he does the hand signal like come on like Danny's just walking out. I'm like this motherfucker right here. I know. And then he's just walking out the door, putting on his belt. And you know, his wife is still there, like trying to take it all in. Yeah, yeah. take it all in. What just happened yeah. is possibly in shock. Yeah. You know, we had to do the walk of shame by yourself. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, show a united front, dude. Walk with her at least. A, like, like, yeah, like her in the car. comfort her. Yeah. That's the least you can do. Like, comfort her, you know, hug yeah. her. If you don't say anything, just give her a hug or give her like a shoulder squeeze or something. I don't know. Something. Something. <laughs> something, dude. Not what you did on camera. <laughs> yeah. Just not that. The guy's so robotic. Like he's almost emotionless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lon, I figured we can spare some time. Well, first, talk about someone who wrote to us recently. It's someone who has written to us before. I believe a listener of ours. He actually has a comment to make about what we mentioned about Thais and her dad. Would you like oh, to hear? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I believe his name is Tom, judging from his email. And I think it's a he, if I'm not wrong. Uh, he said, okay, here we go. I do believe Patrick wanted all along to tell dad in Brazil, but didn't. Didn't Thais put the kibosh on that? Being that Patrick is pussy whipped and all, her <laughs> brother John, of course, he didn't take the liberty in the face of her saying no, just no, but hell no to telling her dad. So uh, do you remember that scene, Lon? Gotcha. So what Tom is saying is that he wanted to tell Thais, but Thais was afraid and probably said, yeah, don't do not do that. While they well, were in Brazil. He theorized that Patrick actually wanted to ask for Thais's dad's blessing, but... Mm -hmm. He thinks that Thais put the kibosh on it. Yeah. Because I think like I mentioned before, Thais herself is kind of wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Or do you have any thoughts on that? I may have forgotten that. It's totally within the realm of possibility. I could totally see that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she was already trying to be super secretive about coming to America first off. She didn't even tell her dad that she was coming to America to, to marry him. So like... Yeah. She wanted this whole thing to be low-key, under the radar, like down low. So yeah, totally see that. Yeah. It's almost like Thais wanted to reverse engineer her marriage, you know, like get married first and first. then tell the family. 
Yeah. Yes. So if yeah. he's like, Gosh, I should get a jazz blessing now. No, no, no. And not giving him 100% of the story, yeah. like then and there, and just kind of making it her own. Yeah. Like you said, reverse engineer it almost <laughs> like we'll tell him after. Yeah. But then not telling him that we'll tell him after. <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's all well, news to me. <laughs> thank you to uh, Mr. Jones for writing to us. We really appreciate that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lon, shall we talk about Hot D? Hot D. Oh episode my gosh. Three. What an episode. They just keep getting better and better. So you're liking this pace, you know, lots of time jump. You know, this is not like, again, I think I mentioned this before. Like it's not slow burn cliffhangers. There are cliffhangers, but the cliffhanger is like a time jump. Yeah. Almost. I've spoken with other people and some people had some problems with the pacing. For me, I'm all in. I'm like super involved in the dialogue, super involved in kind of these nuances where maybe there isn't a lot of action, but there's plotting and Mm. scheming. And yeah, if it's well written, you know, and you're kind of seeing where maybe they're putting things in place or making you think of different possibilities of where things are going to head, right? Mm -hmm. That's part of what makes the story go when there aren't dragons in the scene all the time. So yeah, for me, I I think it's great. I think that for me, the pacing has been really good. And then this episode, like for sure, I I don't know who, who wasn't happy with, with how this episode like wrapped up. I thought that was phenomenal way. I don't even like Damon that much, but the way that he stole the the episode at the end Mm -hmm. was like super wow factor for me, but the time jump, um, I don't know. The time jump was believable. I watched later on at the end. So for y'all that don't know, if you stick around after the post credits, there's kind of the inside the episode or whatever, and they kind of talk about it. Yep. I like how they manage the time jump. Like I picked up right away when, you know, we already started doing the math when they, oh, his second name day. I was like, oh, wait, he's two. And Koi's like, no, you add nine more months because nine months and then the two years. I'm like, oh, so like three years. We already started doing the math there. So I, I do like how they introduced that time jump but i was like damn three years at the stepstones and still no um resolution to that if anything i thought that would have been squashed like within a year yeah like three years is a long time yeah i wonder if it took a while to get the army together and then they launched the attack but they keep failing because again the triarchy was already having a stronghold and if you saw the first scene where you saw the crab feeder, right? And how he, you know, nail his victim to the stick and, you know, make sure they don't, I guess they can't escape and then the crab can eat them. You probably saw a ship and that ship was uh, implied to be one of Lord Corliss, mm-hmm. Valerian's ship that they destroyed. So I guess this triarchy, like they were capable of destroying like, you know, naval ships. It kind of shows that they had a stronghold in the Stepstones. And they know their way around the narrow sea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you would think that, okay, with the dragons, like surely this would have been squashed, right? So I don't know if that was a flaw 
but I think they just left it to our imagination. But also, I well, it makes sense because by then, Viserys had already married Alison Hightower mm-hmm. and produced a son, right? Aegon II. Aegon, yes. Yeah, and, you know, for them to, like, show a toddler and, you know, have this event called, what, the second name day or whatever festival. Yeah. Like, a considerable amount of time has to pass. So I think three years make the most sense. But yeah, like, I guess that war has been going on for that long. And maybe the sea snakes weren't being efficient, maybe. But again, that might be a flaw now that you pointed it out. Because Mm. they're supposed to be not only the wealthiest family in the realm, but also the one with the strongest navy. So if anything, they should have squashed this easily but again they might have lost army because they've been outweeded and you know because the pirates kept staying in the caves as we saw them like they kept retreating when they see the dragons come so yeah that's just my theory all right what do you think is going on with Rhaenyra and Kristen Cole oh yeah so Kristen Cole Sir Kristen Cole do you yeah. think that's, that's possible love interest uh I think there? yeah I think that is her love interest, her true love interest. But I think from the preview, we see that she's going to be married off to Lenore Valerian. Well, the knight that you saw who was strategizing with his dad and his uncle, the one that called his uncle, you're the masters of complaints or something. <laughs> Is that the, the one guy that with wrote... the white hair? Or... Well, they all have white hair, right? Because they're all Valerian. But he's the one that wrote the the dragon that, that took out all the... I could. The archers? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. But from what I've learned, Lenor is LGBT. So the marriage is a forced marriage. So it'll be interesting to see how Renera oh. handles this. It's marriage out of convenience because like this episode centers around finding her a suitor, right? Mm-hmm. So that people don't question well, yeah, because she's of age. So she's right. supposed to be getting married, but she doesn't want to because she knows that if she gets married and now that she has a half-brother, she'll become like the wife of some other house instead of, I don't know, it just jeopardized her running to right. become the true heir of the Seven Realms, I guess, to become her dad's next in line. But Viserys doubles down on that though, right? Like, didn't he at the end of the episode, like reassure her that like it's not his intention to not make her the heir to the throne right yeah i think he doubles down on the fact that he will not waver right from right even though most of the episode he's also a bit wishy-washy about that right when he's complaining to allison while he's drunk and he's like oh well did i make a mistake and (laughs) yeah I had I, a dream. Yeah. <laughs> he has his MLK moments. Yeah. But I think too that shows what a weak ruler Viserys is because mm. he's all about, okay, I gotta continue my dad's peaceful rule over the kingdom. Like I cannot afford to rattle anyone. I cannot afford to piss off any houses. And I think he's conflicted by that. That's his downfall really because here you have Damon who's so decisive and he's all about, you know, living up to his Targaryen lineage. And mm-hmm. Viserys is all about, oh, let's not piss off anyone or let's not step on any toes. And he's all about whatever it takes to maintain the peace. Yeah. Right. 
well, I mean, what do you think about the battle scene? The f- kind of that finale yeah, battle the finale, scene? Yeah, the final one. I thought it was kick-ass. I knew, though, at first I was like, wait, I was shocked that he was going to surrender. But so let me bring it all the way back, right? Mm-hmm. At first I was like, what was the motivation for him to bash that guy's head in? I thought at first it was like, oh, maybe the brother isn't going to send aid. And then obviously you hear the voiceover and the brother is sending aid. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, is he doing this because he doesn't want help? Or is it a pride thing where the way the letter was worded, where he was like, I don't want to see you fail. And he kind of took that in and was like, I'm not a fucking failure. I'm going to fucking do this, right? Mm-hmm. So then when I thought of it like this, where he's like, I'm not a failure. This isn't going to be a failure on my record. I'm fucking going in whatever, right? That's probably it. Because I was confused as well. Why is he like bashing the head of the messenger? But yeah, I think don't shoot the offense. messenger. Wah, wah! <laughs> yeah. Like to town on that guy's head, dude. I'm yeah. like, I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> he took offense because he's like, well, I don't need help. Like I'm going to do this all by myself. And then yeah. he did that whole... Kind of did, kind of... Right. Because, again, I think his performance was so good. The character's performance, but also the actor's performance, Matt, whoever, what's his name's performance was good. Right. Mm -hmm. Both was good. Right. But let's admit he was going to die. And that would have been honorable. But at the same time, like the dragons came in, the aide came in. Right. Mm -hmm. So like it wasn't completely by himself. His plan Mm -hmm. worked out. Yeah, it did work out in the end. And he got the crab feeder. But those dragons bailed him out when he was surrounded. I knew that was going to happen. When it came down to it, I was like, the last second, the dragons are going to pop up. <laughs> so, you know, it totally. seems to be the case. Because I saw smoke and I'm like, ah, oh, what a great cover for a dragon to yeah. die, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, why? They make Damon seem like he's playing a video game on easy mode or something. Like you cannot kill him because he has too many lives left or something. And then suddenly, boom, the dragon came. And I was like, okay, this makes sense now because how is it him against the entire army and the archers on the top? Like, he surely is going to get hit, right? Kind of reminds me of, like, I don't know, so many battle scenes. There's one in Lord of the Rings where Sean Bean took on the entire Urukai and Orc army and he kept getting shot at by arrows and he's just like, going at it still just going ah. yeah. <laughs> yeah sort of like who's that guy who protected Daenerys to the end during the battle of I forgot what it's called ah you know the one that pledged his allegiance to Daenerys and he protected her till the, the, very se- end. the one of the seven seven sons or whatever no uh let me see Oh, I know who you're talking about. I forgot his name. The guy that had the skin disease. Yes, the scale. Right? The scaly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah. But yeah, it just seems like they fought to the very end. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I thought it was a really good. I like that fight scene. I like these moments where the odds are against somebody and they mm-hmm. just say like, fuck it. Win, lose, die. I'm not going out like a punk. I like these kinds of things, yeah. right? So they go, ah, and again, if he had died, you know, and, and sometimes they end on that note where they go out killing as many people as they can and you die hero's death and it's just super honorable. And, you know, what I mean, you took out as many as you can, but in the end, 50 guys eventually got to you. And I'm just like, all right, they cut away while person's dying. So I was ready for that kind of, of ending too. But 
Koi, my girlfriend, was like, nah, this isn't the end of him because, you know, we still have to see, you know, the, the rest of the struggle and all the stuff play out. He's one of the protagonists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He cannot die. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he took an arrow to the knee. I don't know yeah. if anyone plays Skyrim. That's a meme. So, like, when they, like, flash to the arrow to the knee, I'm like, hey. He took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> was that so there's that. And obviously two or three in his chest or something yeah, that he his... was able to pull out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So last question before we close off. Who do you think will get killed off first in this season? What's the equivalent of a Red Wedding? Any characters? That's like, tough. Who will be our Ned Stark is what I'm asking. That's so tough. I'll say at this point, I don't know yet. There haven't been any, at least for me, any characters that like, Yeah. For me, any inklings of how this could go. Up until now, I thought it would be Damon. I thought mm-hmm. it would be Damon up until now. Yeah. But now that you asked me, now I'm kind of leaning towards Viserys because they keep alluding to if anything happens to him, his lineage, and he has to produce an heir. So it's getting in my head like, okay... Are they going to off him? And then now it's really going to be about, oh, well, he's dead. Now we really have to make a choice. You know, like, who, yeah. who is it going to be? So now I'm kind of leaning more towards Viserys. But it used to be Damon. I think Viserys will die. And that will start the whole dance of the dragons. Mm. Yeah. Because the dance then, of the dragon. Yeah. Well, this is what it's about. Yeah. It's the dance of dragon where internally the Targaryens will start having a, a civil war amongst themselves for power that's vacated by the last king so i think Viserys will die i was gonna say you know i kind of like the valerians i wonder if one of them is gonna get sacrificed or will get killed mm. or maybe even like uh sir Kristen cole maybe he'll die defending rhaenyra yeah. i don't know but yeah i don't know still early in the season i don't know what else will happen I'm still trying to figure out like what might Messeria, right? The one that's oh, yeah, our, yeah, yeah, our right. favorite. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is she about? Like they haven't expended on that. And I hope they don't forget her because I don't like when Game of Thrones, you know, they introduce a character and then they like forget about it. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. So that wraps up our review of Hot D, episode three. Lon, any last words for our listeners? Oh. Before you say anything, y'all, you got to go check out Lon on the Equip podcast where Equip, Lon talks about right. his pursuit of his passion in uh, streaming and video gaming. Lon, do you want to expand on that? Right. So I believe it's Equip Podcast PH. PH, yep. Is the podcast and it's a really fun podcast, especially for gamers. It takes video game concepts and turns them into life lessons. And I was invited to speak on the podcast, to share my experience into video game live streaming. And on this particular episode, it's about how I got into live streaming and building an inclusive community. So if you want to check that out, it should be one of the latest, I would say one or two of the latest episodes. Again, that's Equipped Podcast PH. Yep. And we'll leave a, we'll leave a link on our episode page as well so folks can check it out. But it is a great interview. You know, I was listening to it over the weekend and lots of great stuff that you definitely have to hear from Lon. So I recommend everyone oh, to check you. it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, for real now. Last words, anyone? <laughs> 
I just want to say again, thank you. Uh, thank you to everybody. Let us know how you're enjoying, you know, not, not just happily ever after, but also hot D house of dragons. We want to know if, uh, if this is something y'all are, y'all are watching. And uh, if there's any questions that we asked each other that you wanted to weigh on yourselves. Yep. Ditto. Yeah. And if you're watching ring of powers or anything else, <laughs> You know, feel free to write to us and share your thoughts. We're happy to, uh, you know, give our take as well. We cannot possibly cover all the good shows out there. I know Lon and I are watching Industry on HBO, and that's also a great show. Highly recommend. Yeah, totally. And yeah, there's just so many good shows. We just cannot keep up with everything. I mean, we are obviously a predominantly 90 Day Fiance uh, podcast, but we do watch other shows. I mean, 90 Day Fiance doesn't doesn't always rule our our tv screens um so would love to hear what our listeners are watching or do you have any recommendations um and you know just want to reach out and uh share what you guys are up to and until then be kind to one another and bye-bye bye-bye Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast.